Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When it comes to this whole issue of energy, and I heard a clip from Christian Freeland, the Deputy Prime Minister, the other day, seemed to be saying, and I don't know if I'm misunderstood or not, but it seemed to me like the Deputy Prime Minister might have been suggesting that Canada was going to help out our allies with LNG. How are we going to do that? We don't have the export terminals. How are we going to do this? And and my guess is before the end of the year, we're going to hear that Germany is willing to pay for and build export terminals in this country. Anyway, there's, all, there's so much going on. And Russia is, you know, the Russians are right at the forefront of every story now. But Russia and Europe are nominally at loggerheads while Germany continues to buy natural gas from, uh, from Russia. And, uh, and, and Europe finds itself in an energy crisis. I'm s- I keep wondering whether Europe is the energy and rather the canary in the coal mine as far as the energy issue is concerned for this country. Professor Thierry Bro, the professor at Sciences Po in Paris, global expert on markets, the geopolitics of oil and gas and energy security, oil and gas expert at the French Energy Ministry, where he was in charge of security of supply for the country of France, where they have nuclear power, so they're not as reliant on Russia as other European countries are. The Germans have nuclear power, but they just chose to turn it off. I don't understand. Uh, Thierry, thank you very much for coming on the program. Your uh, your op-ed um, in uh, Natural Gas World is Russia pushes Europe to the brink. Explain to us, please, just in fundamental terms, because you and I have talked about this a lot. What is Russia doing now? What's the reality now as far as Russia's relationship with Europe is concerned? And how is the Russian Federation, how's Putin pushing Europe to the brink? Thank you, Roy, for having me on the show. I think what you have to understand is that the diabolic trap that uh, Vladimir Putin just uh, uh, initiated and thought back many years ago is now closing on Europe. What is he doing? He's just pushing as little gas as possible right now in Europe, and we are at record low, and this is irrelevant of the turbine of Nord Stream 1. Remember the saga that was uh, back uh, in the news back a few weeks ago. And what he's doing is he makes sure that he can use this weaponization of gas for as long as possible. Interestingly enough, European leaders are on holidays. They've been very naive and they've been disunited. So they are weak. And the thing is, when we are going to come back from holidays, i.e. in a month's time, we will discover that we are way short of gas. And again, the markets are pricing gas today as we speak in Europe and if you compare this in barrels per barrel of oil, uh, the, the price of gas today in my country is $350 per barrel of oil equivalent. And this is in plain summer when we do not need gas. So think about what's going to come in September, October and November when Vladimir Putin will have winter with him. Yeah, I, when you say they're on vacation, it just makes me shudder because here we are, we're dealing with a crisis situation, you certainly are in Europe, uh, dealing with a crisis situation, and the so-called leaders go on their summer vacation as though everything were nice and normal, and Putin is sitting in Moscow, and he'll make his decisions, and he knows very well what he's going to do, or what his potential is, what his abilities are, and that is to just make Europe pay 
by cutting back on uh, on gas as the weather gets colder. And I hear you saying, and you've said it before, you think he's going to do that. Well, we also see a situation, Terry, where we might see European countries individually um, in conflict with each other over maintaining supply for their own citizens and to the um, you know to the detriment of other of other countries in the EU. That's exactly what Vladimir Putin wants, disunited Europe. And Europe has to understand this. And this is the major risk that we are facing. He's just pushing enough gas right now for us to be asleep. But we are sleepwalking into this massive energy crisis. I mean, the International Energy Agency is calling this the worst crisis since the 70s. And I think it's the worst energy crisis ever in humankind. 1970s? It was just oil. Exactly right. Now it's gas, electricity, and a little bit of oil. So Germany is the country that everyone seems to be focusing on. and We know the turbine story. We've talked about that. Do you have a sense that Germany is going to increase coal plant production? I think that would be significant for the, the whole world. Uh, and they've already started that. I, I know they're saying it's temporary. Do you think they may also return to nuclear power and return some of their nuclear plants into operation, given what they're facing. Well, Roy, I think that once you're in the dark and it's very cold, you start to think with your brain. And in this case, then you start to think, well, what do I need to generate electricity? And it's going to be coal, it's going to be nuclear, it's going to be everything possible if you want to try to keep your country warm and your industry at work. And unfortunately, this is not cold enough in Germany right now, but it will become cold enough and the leaders will find that the only solution is, unfortunately, more coal for the environment and fortunately more nuclear, but this will take time, uh, unfortunately. Thierry, would you, you've said to us in the past that you worry that there are going to be blackouts in Europe this winter. Now, that was maybe six or eight weeks ago you first said that to me on this program. What is your sense today, with all the developments that have taken place since that first conversation, what is your sense of what Europe is going to be facing when the winter cold really hits? Well, I still have the same opinion. I still think that Vladimir Putin has reduced and will continue to reduce the gas flows. As I told you, it's irrelevant of the turbine saga, and I think that at one stage we will have to cut. I mean, uh, right now you don't have, you can't have a warm shower in a swimming pool in Germany. Right now the police in Paris is making sure that shops, when they are air conditioning inside the shop, they do not leave the door open so the air conditioning doesn't uh, uh, go in the street. So those are the kind of thing. And this is just in plain summer when everybody is on vacation. So think of it, there will be blackouts in Europe, unfortunately. Wait a minute, police are making sure in Paris that yes. store doors are closed when the air conditioning is on. Yes, the police. because they need to make sure that we uh, use as little as energy as possible. Not the store manager, les gendarmes. No, no the gendarmes, yes, <laughs> the police. Wow. It's the law. It's the new law. I mean, this is the kind of thing we are going to face. I mean... Uh, it, in, in some city, there is no more swimming pool because they can't heat the water any longer. Those are the things that we are facing. And uh, think of the fertilizer industry. You had this great interview last week. I mean, the fertilizer industry in Europe is dead. We can't do it. Gas is way too expensive. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really uh, terribly alarming. Have you heard anything about Canada? Perhaps you have far better connections 
than I do on these issues. Have you heard anything at all about Canada potentially uh, cooperating with Europe and maybe becoming more active or becoming active, active period, in getting uh, natural gas to Europe? Well, as you stated, Roy, I mean, it's too late. I mean, uh, we late, need yeah. gas right now. I mean, the uh, and, and again, I think that leaders have been way too dogmatic. The only country that could have helped us, as I wrote in this op-ed, would have been UK if we've asked the UK government to increase uh, the turbine and the pressure in one pipe. We didn't. And uh, in uh, starting from October, when winter starts, the UK doesn't have any uh, spare volume to send to Europe. So we are going to be very, very short of gas in the coming months, unfortunately. This is all very, very alarming, very concerning. And uh, I'm very put, concerned, boy. Yeah, I, I, I can hear it. I'm, I'm, look, we're, 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 we're understanding what's happening in Europe. But in France, at least, you have. Do you not? You have nuclear power, significantly more nuclear power than other uh, European countries, with the exception particularly maybe of Germany, which is not using their nuclear power. Yes, you're right. I mean, France uh, in the 70s made this great choice of nuclear. Unfortunately, we have a bit of uh, some issues with some nukes. Uh, so half of them are right now non-operational, which, again, provides more leverage to Vladimir Putin because we have to go through maintenance and through some corrosion issues. And this is why Vladimir Putin has more power. Even the nuclear in France, 50% are non-operating for right now. So we're in August, September, October. Eight, ten weeks from now, it starts. Yes, and remember, Vladimir Putin normally cuts gas on the 1st of January. Yeah. When he does this. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.